Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and to create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1043 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday's trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer your questions that you would like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. Understanding ourselves better and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. The tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Ennea refers to nine and Gram refers to a drawing. Check out today or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. Since many people attempt to set goals at the beginning of each year, I have included a fun Enneagram goal setting guide in today's journal notes. It does a good job of representing how each type handles their goals from a humorous perspective. For additional insight, I recommend the book, The Road Back to You, written by Eden Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about an Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. We have concluded our deep dive into the nine personality types, which are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Nine weeks ago, we began a series of episodes on the type combinations. What are the potential relationship benefits and issues with each combination? Covering all 45 different potential type combinations will take a total of 15 weeks, but will be very valuable in understanding each other, regardless of what type you are and what type those you interact with are. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would also recommend reading the Wisdom Journal for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, though, keep in mind that it is only a tool and cannot replace nor usurp the precepts that are found in God's Word. All decisions and actions that we make in life, we are responsible for, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So the question that we've been pondering for several weeks now and will continue with is... Hey Gramps, why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So let's start in today with our three type combinations. The first one is the Enneagram Type 4, the Individualist, with the Enneagram Type 7, the Enthusiast. What each type brings to the relationship. Enneagrams 4s and 7s tend to be intrigued by each other since they are generally a case of opposites attracting each other. 4s tend to be quiet, introverted, self-doubting, emotional, and pessimistic, while 7s tend to be outgoing, extroverted, self-confident, mental, and optimistic. 
Sevens help fours overcome their shyness and possible reluctance to try new experiences. Fours help sevens to stay focused on what they really want and to respect and allow their feelings. Fours and sevens bring to their relationship the charge and the mystery of their differences, that they think so differently, react so differently, and find pleasures in such different ways. They can, therefore, become intrigued by the other, finding him or her endlessly fascinating, always ready for something new and unexpected. Both fours and sevens bring the capacity for joy and ecstasy, spontaneity, emotion, and for passion. Both fours and sevens love lively conversations, and they can pass hours sharing with each other detailed accounts about the events of the day, as well as their thoughts and reactions. Both fours and sevens love the finer things in life, such as travel, good food, wine, clothes, and furnishings. And for better or for worse, they can both tend to overspend their incomes on what they consider life's necessities, such as caviar, champagne, and another trip to Europe. They both have a love for the new and a sense of adventure and romance that can keep their relationship fresh and lively for themselves and be a source of joy and inspiration for others. Both types can be funny, irreverent, and entertaining. There is also an earthiness and bodiness to both, as well as, paradoxically, a sophistication and elitism. Being opposites, four and sevens can balance each other out. Four is bringing a sense of depth and interiority, while the sevens contribute a sense of fun and emotional resilience. But what are the potential trouble spots for the Enneagram Type 4 and the Enneagram Type 7? Because they are so different in many ways, fours and sevens must have several strong points of attraction or else they will likely miss connecting with each other. Unless some strong passion, such as romantic, mental, or spiritual, they will likely fly apart if there are any deep disagreements or conflicts early in the relationship. Both types tend to be impulsive and to be easily frustrated with others when they are disappointed or if their life circumstances do not go as they expected it. Both have high expectations for the kind of attention and quality of interactions they want from others, and if they are not forthcoming, both tend to give the others too many second chances to prove themselves. While fours may admire and even secretly envy the seven's resilience and high energy, they may also find themselves worn down by the fast pace of their lives and what feels to the fours like seven's relentless plans and activities. Fours can also see sevens as too noisy, superficial, and insensitive, and occasionally coarse and insulting without even realizing it. On the other hand, sevens may admire and, and try to imitate the four's artistic flair, creativity, and appreciation of subtlety and beauty. But sevens can also see fours as hypersensitive, ineffectual, impractical, moody, and self-absorbed. In addition, if the relationship worsens, fours usually become more withholding and hostile, snipping at the others from a safe distance. Sevens become more impatient, abrasive, and can be verbally abusive. Fours may want to talk about everything that has gone wrong with the relationship in great detail with the sevens. By contrast, sevens typically want to move on to something that is more promising and upbeat. The result is that the underlying problems do not get resolved adequately. Once this relationship curdles, virtually everything each admired and was attracted to in the other becomes irritating and insufferable. But let's move on to the next Enneagram types. The Enneagram Type 4, the Individualist, with the Enneagram Type 8, the Challenger. What each brings to the relationship. This can be one of the most creative relationship couplings. 
although it is also one of the most inherently volatile. Both Enneagrams 4s and 8s are intense and have a strong emotional responses. Both seek to get a reaction from the other. Both can be dominating of their environments. 8s are socially dominant, 4s are emotionally dominant. Both types bring passion, intensity, energy, and a deep, often unconscious feeling to all aspects of the relationship. They are attracted to each other's storminess, the other's vulnerabilities, and the other's hidden qualities. Neither is what they seem to be on the surface. Both types are also highly intuitive, fours by being self-aware and knowledgeable about how they are feeling, and eights with their intuition about external phenomenon, often with extremely accurate insights and the potential and possibilities exhibited by others. Because of their passionate natures, both types can become impulsive and reckless, taking extreme risks for the love of thrills or for the sensation of being alive, and this can be tremendously exciting to the other. But there are trade-offs. Fours tend to depend on the eight's practicality and ability to protect and provide for them, whereas eights tend to depend on the four's sensitivity and mysterious sense of challenge. The four's emotional life and heart may be one world that the eights cannot easily conquer. On the other hand, fours see strength and solidity in the eights. Both feel that the other can meet their intensity, that the other will not be boring or non-responsive to them. They make each other feel more alive, something that they both want. Intensity, vitality, passion, and immediacy are the emotional hallmarks of this couple. They can relate to each other and to others in their world from an unusually high emotional pitch. There is always something happening in their relationship, and they like it that way. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issue between the Enneagram Type 4 and the Enneagram Type 8? Both types take certain pride in having a larger-than-life quality about them. Eights in their larger-than-life willpower and quest for control. Fours in their larger-than-life emotions and their quest for self-expression. Both types want to be free or free from having anyone controlling them, particularly their careers and their private lives. If they feel that the other is trying to control them, both types can become enraged, easily triggering a gargantuan battle, financial and sexual intrigues, and rampant feelings of hatred. Both fours and eights are emotionally stormy and prone to periods of rage, depression, vengeance, and various forms of acting out. When conflicts between them reach a certain pitch, arguing replaces real connection, and fighting, and possibly even physical violence, become an increasingly common element in their communication, with the violence often running both ways. They can also begin to get into the practice of fighting and making up, because both are more exciting that way. They can also begin to punish each other by withholding attention and affection, and by verbally putting down the other, and this often happens in public. No coupling is more passionate than the 4-8 combination, nor is any couple more likely to deteriorate into verbal or physical abuse and various kinds of personal retaliation for escalating offenses. They also tend to draw their friends and families into their conflicts, trying to make others choose sides. They may get into the feeling that they are not able to stop themselves from hurting each other, as much as part of them would like to quiet down and become more normal. The passion and attraction that they have for each other can end in obsession and hurtful, ruinous, impulsive actions. Next, let's move on to our third type combination for today, which is the Enneagram Type 4, the Individualist, with the Enneagram Type 9, the Peacemaker. What each type brings to the relationship. 
This can be, paradoxically, both a very comfortable and yet exciting relationship pair. Both the Enneagram 4s and 9s are both withdrawn and private, sensitive to the feelings and the needs of others, and empathetic to the sufferings of others. Both can be tender-hearted and highly sympathetic to the sufferings that they find in the world and in each other. Both want to find a deep connection with the other, and yet, both have a certain degree of autonomy and insist on a very real degree of privacy. Both fours and nines can be highly creative, and as a pair, they enthusiastically support the other's creativity and give the other a good deal of space to develop their own talents. Both are idealistic and want to connect deeply with someone, feeling that they are on a search for their soulmate, the one person in the world whom they can completely connect and be themselves. Both fours and nines also bring sensuality and love of comfort that is noteworthy. This may express itself in their lifestyles, traveling habits, and in their sexual and other intimate activities. This is a couple that likes to stay in bed all Sunday morning, reading the papers and talking. Each brings passion and appreciation of the other, coupled with a desire to be comfortable and build a life with each other. Force can make nines become more intense and expressive about how they feel, while nines can allow force to feel understood and accepted for who they are. Fours are good at naming their feelings and pinpointing their emotional states. Nines are good at creating an atmosphere of non-judgmental acceptance. Nines may even enjoy the emotional storms and traumas that the fours occasionally get into, feeling that it adds spice to their life together. A lot of the pleasure and passion of this couple is nonverbal in the depth of the understanding that each has for the other. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between an Enneagram Type 4 and an Enneagram Type 9? The biggest area of conflict between the 4s and 9s is that each tends to react differently as the stress increases in their lives. 4s become more emotional, volatile, and demanding, while 9 becomes more disengaged and impossible to get through to. 4s can feel too unstable and dramatic, unpredictable, and moody for the 9s while nines feel too unresponsive and emotionally inert, unsatisfying, and uncommunicative for the fours. Nines can become angered by the fours' sense of entitlement and demands for intention and exemption. Fours can become angered with the nines' irresponsibility and apparent inability to learn from their mistakes and their experiences. If conflicts and tensions increase between them, Nines can shut down more and more so the communication stops and they give force a subtle message that they don't want to hear their reactions or deal with their feelings. Force can feel that talking to nines are like playing tennis with yourself. There's no one to hit the ball back and there's too little relating in the relationship. Contempt for what force see as boring and ineffectual can end the relationship. Both types look for partners that seem to embody some quality that they feel they do not have in themselves. Nines seek strong, high-energy partners, while fours seek partners who possess ego ideal that they feel that they're missing within themselves. In lower-functioning fours and nines, neither energizes the others, and both get stuck in a morass of inhibited anger, resentment, and irritation with each other. Fours tend to give up on the nines as being hopelessly inert and dull, whereas nines tend to give up on the fours as being too demanding and emotional volatile. Well, that covers the 10th group of three for the total of 30 out of 45 type combinations. We will continue each week to look at three additional combinations as we work our way through all the numbers. Regardless of your personality type or the personality type of those whom you interact with either online or in person, 
we must follow God's word as we are told in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Join us again next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. We will continue to explore type combinations and how best to maintain meaningful and productive relationships with each other. The information that we discover will allow us to unlock who we are as we travel on this track of life and discover more about ourselves and others as we impact God's kingdom. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So I encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,042 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, Learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.